Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. It's a beautiful December morning. Hello, Kelly. Good morning. I'm all set for today. Mm-hmm. You've been instructed to have a happy December. I, I have been. <laughs> by you. <laughs> Our definition of happy may, may vary. This is true. But I do think I might have hit the, the nail on the head for today. Okay. So what name do you have for me today, Kelly? I need a male. A male? Madhu. Madhu. Okay, so Madhu calls and he asks me if I can read a contract today, which I love doing. And he asks me for the contract between him and, I need a female name now, please. Kokumo. Madhu asks for the contract between him and Kokumo. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to shorten the name to Coco so that I don't mess it up and mispronounce it for the rest of the podcast today. Okay. Okay, so um, he tells me just to go open in that. He's not looking for any particular context at all. He gives me free reign to go. And the very first thing that the spirit guides do is tell me that they've had some past lives together. So I tell him that and I ask him if I have his permission to be able to incorporate the past lives into the current soul contract. You and I know that we need to do that. But I think it's important for the client to hear that and to be educated. He gives me permission and says, in any way that you get your information is good with me, but I really like it that you're telling me how you're doing it. Hmm. 
And I really like it that you're explaining, am I allowed to continue to ask you questions, how this gets incorporated? And I said, absolutely. So I paused for a few minutes, went in and read the soul contract and listened to the guide's comments and what I was supposed to pull out of it to share with him. And the very first thing to be shared was that they had been married in a past life together. And he goes, oh, that's really interesting. Keep going. I want to hear more about it then. And I read the contract and the guide said that in that lifetime together, they focused so much on connecting to each other. Their main goal was that they were a team and that whatever came their way, whether it affected one of them, the other, um, and eventually as children came along, children, and eventually as they owned a business together, um, what happened in their business and with their staff and their, their clients and customers, they made the focus on that they were a team at, at all costs so that everybody around them were able to rely on the fact that they, they worked as the team. So if one of them was gone from work that day and they approached the other person and said, how am I supposed to do this? Um, how would so, how would so and so want it? You know, whoever was missing, the staff knew that they could be counted on. That whichever one of the two of them was there to give instructions, that if they went ahead and followed through and did exactly what they were told, that the other owner wouldn't come back and shut down their neck, mm-hmm. and that the partner would just let it occur and wouldn't stand up and say. I'm the one that told them to do it that way. They did it out of my direction. The two of them were so determined to present a good, solid, healthy team that their staff and their customers knew that no matter which one you got, if they gave you their word, both were going to back it. Even if it was a mistake that cost them and you were the one that would benefit. Mm-hmm. And at, a, at some kind of a loss to them or to their business, they didn't shoot each other in the process. They looked at each other and said, you've made a mistake. Um, that's okay. We'll learn going forward. It was costly in this regard, whatever it was. This is what we're going to learn from it. These are the different choices we could have seen. Um, why don't we sit down, problem solve it together? But here was the key. The very first thing that they learned to do was to sit down and say, how do you feel? And so they talked a lot at the very beginning of every conversation around, what are you feeling about this? And eventually it turned into, what does your gut tell you? Mm. That, that's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And so they learned that sometimes decisions were based on this is something we've learned in the past, and this is the next choice we said we were going to try. You tried the last time, this time it's my try. Or my gut is coming in and telling me to do something. Can we take a pause and decide if we're going to go with the gut or if we're going to go with what we learned? And this was our next step. This was our next choice. So which one do we want to follow, your gut or the second choice? Mm-hmm. And they could sit there and say things like, well, if we don't follow your gut, how are you going to feel about that? Cool. So much respect. Yeah. And so if the other person came back and said, well, if we don't follow my gut, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be happy because my, if my gut is telling me something, 
it means that my emotions are so high about it that I really want to go with that because I'm learning about who I am. And so they would literally sit back and go, well, then who you are is more important than choice number two. Lovely. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so they developed this kind of conversation, this type of emotional intelligence together out of care, not out of, I'm going to go out necessarily and read a bunch, a bunch of books about it, or I'm going to take courses on it. They, they did it out of caring for each other to say, what we feel is more important than what we think which I think is amazing right there. It's more important than saying we've learned this lesson. Um, It's more important to, we said we had a structure and we have to stick to it and get stubborn about it. So they decided that stubbornness was not something that that they were going to tolerate in their relationship. And that stubbornness was not more important than their own connection to each other. Cool. It's really cool, eh, Kelly, when you get to be the person doing the channeling Mm -hmm. and you get to see in a past life how this person who's sitting in front of you that's looking for this contract gets their information Mm -hmm. and how we get to learn from channeling that information to them, how you and I get to pick out those pieces and go, holy shit. Yeah, it's cool on a channeling level. It's also really cool... And that's kind of an understatement of a word. Um, To see the human on the receiving end of this information about a past life feel so connected to how they functioned then and where they feel like, yeah, that way of living makes sense to me and still feels right to me. And then to also witness the pain or the sadness that comes across their face or their body language when they recognize I'm not doing that in this lifetime. I don't, maybe I'm not, maybe my partner isn't. Maybe we got in a rut together where we stopped doing that. Um, Or maybe I have yet to experience that in this life. Um, But then again, like this added layer Mm -hmm. of this hopefulness that, yeah, I'd like to get back to that. And things could be that way again. Well worded. Thanks. Thank you for explaining it that way. So clearly for people to grasp everything that the guides were trying to share with him. Then the guide said, point out a few things to him, please, that he focused first on empathy, that he focused on what is my partner feeling, and that's what matters most to me, and that his partner did exactly the very same thing back for him, so that what they saw in each other was this desire to say what you feel is the priority, and we move from there. And this is what their children saw. This is what their staff, their friends, as you're hearing, everybody saw around them. And as a result of that, they had staff, which which the spirit world called lifers, meaning that they stayed there till their retirement. They didn't want to leave because they weren't treated well in their jobs. And I asked a few questions around that, saying little things like, um, did they follow that up with financial means? So if their business improved, did they turn around and say, this was a good year, here are your bonuses? Or we've had three steady good years in a row, 
you have a regular pay increase that we feel we can, we can manage permanently? The answer to that was yes, that everything that they benefited from, from the way that they behaved in life and what they believed and how they lived, they paid it forward, if that's the proper way to use that expression, to their staff and everybody else around them. So if it also meant that they called up their customers and said, we had a great year, we're offering a discount. Mm. We, we loved, you know, being able to serve you. You increased your service, your, you know, your buying from us or whatever it was. Um, we want to show our gratitude. And so what they did was they took opportunity throughout the year, not just at Christmas, they took out like these little times to say thank you for these things and put gratitude very much into daily practice. So they let their staff know daily, hey, good morning, good to see you, thanks for coming in today, glad you're still part of the team. And they would say it jokingly, but they made sure that their staff knew that they were happy, that they woke up and made the choice to come in. And they were acknowledging that you had to make the choice to get up and come in here. You could have made another choice. Mm -hmm. So we're going to say thank you for doing that. So there was this huge um, awareness around the value of what gratitude can do for every single person to create that empathy, to create all of those connections to each other. And they didn't just do it between the two of them and say, we're a team. They did it with everybody and were so inclusive um, that it was known in their little community that if you applied for a job there and you got it, you were good for life. They were going to mm. take care of you. Then the guides tell me that they're going to move on to a second lifetime that they've had together. And so I told Madhu, I said, um, they're going to move on now. Are you good with that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, keep going. So I went into a second lifetime and they show me brothers. And that at the beginning of that life, Coco is ill. Mm. And Madhu very much joyfully steps in to care for his brother. Very, very much. And does everything really based on how are you feeling? And this is key because Coco is so sick in that lifetime that it is very important to know how he is feeling in each hour, each moment, because this means this is what I need to do. So there's a really deep connection in regards to what is being felt physically, emotionally, mentally, in all of these different little aspects that this older brother, Madhu, has to be able to become aware of it by, by what Coco says, by what Coco doesn't say, by what, how the body presents. So if there's a rash, if there's a fever... Madhu really has to pay attention to every single thing in order to know on all these different levels what Coco's needs are, whether he can communicate or not. And then, so I see that for a few minutes and I explain that. And he goes, oh, this is really interesting. Okay, go on. What else about that life then? And so when I went back into it, they show during the lifetime that they stay connected. And I see things like writing and I see other things like visits together uh, and telephone. And so I said that, that they stay together by these, these different ways. Then I see that as these men age, it is reversed. And Madhu becomes very sick. And Coco is now responsible by choice, mm. by choice, 
to come in and help Madhu and be able to reverse. Do I just see what he needs or do I do I really observe in all these different levels that he did for me? How did he care for me? And so you see Coco is really reflective of how did he meet my needs and how did he know how to do that when I was just, we were both just children. Mm-hmm. How in God's name did he know to think or to even process this way? And so he has this amazing but sad opportunity to offer it back to Madhu at the end of Madhu's life by willingly saying, I would like to do this for you. And so I explain this to him about this whole reversal of roles, of all of these opportunities to be reflective of what somebody else had gone through in a different experience where they cared for you, but you didn't see all of the things that that person was going through as they were trying to do something for you, Mm -hmm. where you're just your only ability at that time is to receive it because you're str- you're struggling so much with your own experience that you miss out on being aware of the other and then how this flips and creates balance hmm. i like that you're illustrating that when it flips you can have balance i also want to illustrate that it doesn't necessarily have to flip to create a balance And thirdly, to illustrate that it's okay to not have balance in these situations or for the definition to change. And this is going to flabbergast people pleasers who might think, heaven forbid, I am the one that needs help because I, what will I give? How will I offer? How will I have worth in this relationship? if I have to be okay with receiving. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Those are huge challenges and opportunities for self-awareness, mm-hmm. for growth, for connection, for love, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's amazing. And so Coco and Madhu both are challenged and both seek the opportunity and don't run away from it, but lean into each other mm-hmm. to say, how do I figure this out for you? Because we are what's most important as the team. Mm-hmm. So then I explained all of that to him and he goes, okay. He goes, what else have you got for me here today? And he, he does it in a in very... fun curiosity. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's here to learn. And I said, Madhu, I said, the guides are, are showing me something. And I said, they're telling me that your session is coming to an end and you're asking that. But I said, what's important here is that you, you see the lessons in all of this. And he goes, oh, I am Karen. And I've recorded it and I can't wait to listen to this again and again. And then the guides say to me, he's at the beginning. And I'm like, what? And I, this didn't, I, I couldn't understand that. At the beginning of understanding connection in this life? I guess, but I didn't know. So I said, what do you mean? And they go, no, no, just, just tell him that we know that he's at the beginning again with Coco. And I, t- I said that exactly like that. And he says to me, again, respectfully and playfully, do you know what that means, Karen? Are the guides telling you? And he says, and I'm not asking you so that you can prove it to me. 
I'm curious how much they give you or what, like how in God's name do you know how to say this? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I repeat it word for word. And I said, and no, they don't always give us the context. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we're not channeling or that we're not good at what we do. It just means sometimes that we don't need to know. I was just going to say, it's just none of our business. Yeah. I, and it's so funny and and weird, not in a creepy way, but so odd that you can be physically present doing the talking slash the channeling and the guides are still like, no, no, this is none of your business. Just keep, just keep talking. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because you and I both know what channeling means. It's, it's trust. Exactly. It's getting out of your own way. It's getting out of anyone else's way. I struggle with that. Who you're channeling that. and who you're channeling for. Yeah. And I, I, I remember, you know, at the beginning years ago the, when, in the channeling, struggling when, when somebody would ask that question and say, what, well, what context are they telling you? Or what else do you know about that? Or why can't you prove that more? And it was more of a challenge about, I thought, about me. And the guides had to teach me to step aside and say, hey, the relationship here, the channeling is between you and us. Well, and that's the thing is that all of the questions that you just rhymed off in one slew are great questions Mm -hmm. when they're asked with actual curiosity. Yeah. Hey, how do you know that? That's right. Are you able to know more? Can you ask another question? How, how is this proven to me? Those are all good questions. And if the client and us can approach the guides and say, here are the questions, and they get to say, no, no, this is about trusting the process. This is about our relationship together. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good to know. We've been educated. When it's an attack or an accusation, that's a very different situation. It's disguised as a question. Exactly. So I struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Remember years ago, really struggling and trying to discern in the client whether it was um, the attack on me or, and even if it was, how do I sit there in my own space and know what they're doing, but be able to look at the spirit guides and go, you and I are good. Yeah. There's also, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also this component of, you know, being recovering people pleasers, you mm-hmm. and I, um, maybe years and years ago when those questions were asked, accusatory or genuine questions, there's this desire to provide an answer mm-hmm. and to provide an answer that the client is going to like mm. or feel is kind or gentle. And that's getting in our own way. That's getting in the guide's way. And it's also getting in the client's way, even though they've asked the question. Oh, yeah. And so as a recovering people pleaser, you end up having to learn sometimes not having the answer is great. And that's getting out of everyone's way. Yes. And I like it that the spirit guides are setting a boundary when they say, no, none of your business. And they're just actually testing you or bullying you. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to put a stop on it. And that's it. And now as a human, you're going to have to figure out what to do because you can't, you don't have an answer to give to them. Well, yeah. And for a people pleaser, when someone says, (laughs) I'm setting a boundary, you tend to take it personally. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, how come? What did I do wrong that I can't have an answer? What did I Mm -hmm. do wrong that you won't you won't provide this for me. And now it's like, oh, you're setting a boundary? Yeah, cool. That works for both of us. (laughs) 
<laughs> once once you really understand boundaries. Well, yeah, absolutely. Once you really understand boundaries, which you're explaining beautifully that both of us have come to understand mm -hmm. and has taken me time to set up a protocol for myself to approach and deal with a client that is the actual bully, mm -hmm. as opposed to the client like Madhu in this case, that is truly curious and is wondering what's, what's, what goes on. Mm -hmm. So then the guides just repeated it and said, no, no. You're just going to tell him that we know that this is the beginning for him and Coco again, and that we're excited for them. And so I repeated it and said it exactly that way. And he goes, okay, Karen, I'm happy to tell you that Coco is my daughter and she's two months old. Uh -huh. And he said, so I've been listening to your podcast show and I'm fascinated about what you can learn in a soul contract. And then I turned one day as I was just listening to your show and in the car seat is my two-month-old daughter. And I went, oh my word, why wouldn't I call and want to know about it now? Like, okay, so shout out to Madhu because the majority of our clients who call with regards to contracts are strictly women. Yes. Uh, and more likely women asking about them and their children. Yeah. It's very rare that we get a man asking about contracts. If we do, it's typically a selfish, I want to know how this relationship with my significant other or this person I'm dating is going to work out. And it doesn't come from this authentic place of how do I care for this relationship? Yeah. So to hear a dad call in about him and his child, I think is just, oh, keep him coming. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. It was just a beautiful, beautiful session. And so literally it ends at that point when he says that his daughter is two months old. And then, so the session was done, but then we had this little conversation after the fact. And when I said, I'm done the channeling, so your session is over. Humans. Yeah. And I said, can I chat with you for a minute, just person to person? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to know? What do you want to talk about? And I said, Madhu, I said, it was delightful to meet you, and I'm so excited for you and Coco that you know about these past lives. You know, you're her dad. What kind of influence are you going to have in her life and all the lives that she touches mm -hmm. because you know all of this information and you know how beautifully you write a soul contract with this person mm -hmm. and that you pick different situations where you're brothers, you're a couple, you owned a business together. He goes, oh, I heard we're partners. Yeah. I And just so wonderful that she can grow up hearing the most important questions. How do you feel? Yes. And how do we get back to being a team no matter what is said or done or what decision there is to make. We, he talked a little bit about that and said how excited he was to teach her to be a team and that it would help him decide what he was doing in his parenting, mm -hmm. where he knew then that he had to set boundaries for her, that he had to explain things to her, but that he also had to check in with how she felt about those things. And then imagine, yes, sorry, I didn't mean to go too quickly, but also imagine maybe taking this to your current significant other or the mother, I don't know where her picture is in this or her part is in this. And actually I shouldn't have even assumed that it's a mom. I'm sorry. That was rude. His partner who's co-parenting with him um, to say, hey, there's some 
deep shit going on in this relationship. And I need to be also a partner with you so that this contract can be fulfilled. So how can we get on the same page co-parenting? Well, you've, you've, you've really done a good job there because his partner is a male. Oh, okay, cool. And, um, that he loved the session because he wanted his partner to hear it. Yeah. He wanted to be able to go over it. And he says, this is something I think would be so fun for my partner and I to listen to on her birthdays Mm -hmm. every year so that we can sit there and evaluate how we're doing, how we're doing as the couple. Cause we have to be we have to be that couple before her and I and my partner and her can be those partners. Mm-hmm. So he goes, we have to make sure, and there you go with your healthy triangling. And he's recognizing that the key foundation in the triangle is the couple. Mm-hmm. He can want to have that relationship again with Coco, but he knows that if he doesn't have it with his partner, it can't happen. No, it'll throw a complete wrench in their contract. Yeah. So he was excited to be able to go home and be able to say, okay, this is something we're going to listen to. And then he says, and I'm already excited about the day that I get to play this for her when she's old enough to listen to this and realize that I heard this when she was two months old. And been working my ass off ever since. And her other dad. Yeah. Ah, you killed it. (laughs) Good Good luck in the rest of December, Karen. Well, I, I, um, I challenge accepted, Kelly. Amazing. Okay. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this, this show this morning, and I hope that this is the energy you can take into the rest of your day and your weekend. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.